the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, hello, it's Crystal with another episode of Life Inspired. Always a joy to be with you. Thanks so much for listening. Today, we have some very special guests and friends of mine from the Salvation Army. Then I wanted to highlight one officer and one officer in the making. She's also a soldier in the Army, Delita Lodemus. And Delita is originally from Manhattan, New York. She grew up part of the time in Haiti in Gonaive. And just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. And then, of course, Lieutenant Amaduni Judge. And she has been here in the Portland Salvation Army Corps for four years, but has been in the Salvation Army for more than seven years. That's correct. Well, thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you for having us. We're going into Women's History Month starting in March. So I thought, what a fantastic opportunity to share the contributions of women of color here in the Portland Metroplex. That inspires people in what better way than through the Salvation Army. And knowing that we have two officers of color that are in the Portland area making a difference, I just want to say thank you in advance and a shout out to both of you for doing the work that you do over at Moore Street. So tell us what you do at Moore Street, okay? We're going to start with Lieutenant Amadouni. Over at Mossweed, we have a community center as well as the core. For those of you who may not know, the core is the church of the Salvation Army. At the community center, we have um, a basketball gym. We have fitness rooms. We have the boxing ring. We have a social service, um, food pantry, and we recently opened our clothing closet. We also have um, a soccer field and we have programs for kids. Every year we send at least 30 kids to camp. Is that camp at Camp Caratley? Camp Caratley, yes. Fantastic. And most of these kids, if not, maybe I should say all of these kids are sponsored by the the core because uh, most of them come from families that not able to pay the full fare for camp and so they are heavily subsidized to go to camp and for most of them it's just the best place for them to be because they get the opportunity to be kids. And you know what's so great is that camp is not only open to kids who participate in the Salvation Army, but it's open to the public as well. It is. And it's fantastic. It is. It oh, is. my goodness. Tell us what your role is over at Moore Street as well. Well, um, all those activities that Lieutenant was just uh, mentioning, like the basketball court, um, soccer, boxing, things like that. Well, those mostly are rentals. And I am the coordinator. So if you wanted to rent the place, then you would reach out to us on our website and it's my job to respond. Let me ask both of you, how did the Salvation Army impact your lives 
personally that made you decide you wanted to be a part of it, to become a soldier and then ultimately an officer? So for me, I know you can tell from my accent that I'm not from around here. I was born and raised in Freetown, Sierra Leone, West Africa. Sierra Leone? Yes. And so if you know anything about Sierra Leone, which is a typical third world country, there's a lot of poverty, mostly because of corrupt governments that we've had. My life has been just a blessing, Mm. you know, going through civil war, being a refugee, you know, in a neighboring country and all of that. And so I have seen a lot of suffering in my life. And I knew I was called to be a pastor from a very young age. And I have been in ministry for a long time. But then just reaching out to the spiritual aspects of man wasn't enough, especially in the face of all that suffering. And so because there's like really limited resources in my country, that wasn't something I was able to do to cater, you know, for the social needs of people. Social work has always been a passion, something I have dreamed about doing. And so when I moved to the U.S., And I came in contact with the Salvation Army. What drew me was because they catered for the whole man. It wasn't just about, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. It was, let me take care of your needs. Mm. Let me put food on your table. Let me put clothes on your back. Let me help you put a roof over your head. And so for me, seeing that was just like the best thing. And this was a place where I get to not only tell people about Jesus, but I get to show them the love of God in really tangible ways. Oh, I love it. Little side note, I did a DNA test. I am 3% Sierra Leonean. Just saying. Delita, tell us how you became a part of the Salvation Army. What was that journey like for you? Coming from Haiti, I've always told people the darkness brought me to the light because it's so dark. It's very spiritually dark. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's, you could tell, and people are not like hiding when, when they practice witchcraft and stuff like that. Oh, it's no. not just on TV. It's, it's for real. It's the way of life. So growing up around all of that, I knew that God was also real. I didn't need any convincing about the light. So when um, I got into the Salvation Army. In Haiti? Uh, or was it in the United States? No, no. I was already in the United States. I used to tell people that faith, you know, was a big thing. Like, it's always been a big thing in my life, faith. Like, you got to have faith in the fact that there's nothing that God can't do. If you believe it, you know, you just it's just a matter of time and his timing, you know. And I remember coming here summer 2016. When I got here, I didn't have anyone else here. So I link up with someone I used to date. And I remember clearest day receiving in my spirit that's not where I was supposed to be you know and I remember thinking I'm gonna be homeless like you know I I, I would probably end up homeless and let me tell you it was like a light I had never been I should say in the position where I needed to exercise that faith that I always talk about and here I am in a position now that I'm gonna need that faith that I've been talking about walk it out I'm gonna have to walk it out exactly and it was just like the clearest message I could have received and that day I packed up up my stuff from his place and knowing in my spirit that I didn't have anywhere to go but I needed to get out of there I packed in a way that I was going to be homeless that night I walked into a church and I remember telling this young man that I had nowhere to go so um, after making a lot of phone calls we got in touch with the woman crisis center and that's how I got in uh, into the Salvation Army and first time I walked into the Salvation Army I was at SAFE's 
So safes hold a special place in my heart. Yes. Um, yes. It was it was a blessing to be able to um, even when I got out of there to continuously going back. I got a chance to preach there. It was transformative. So your experience with the Salvation Army was first being a recipient of the program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you decided I want to give back. I was living in California the year I moved, the year before I moved here. And I remember I, that's when I was really getting into my walk. You know, I mean, I've always been kind of, you know, I've always told people I'm, I'm a soldier for God, even before I even knew the army existed. Right. I've always anybody who knew me knew me. I felt like this is a war, you know, and I'm a soldier, you know, for the most high. I don't know if you or your listeners believe in vision. Divine there intervention. There is no vision. The people perish. Amen. Now. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to tell you, I had a vision. I wasn't asleep. I was standing, praising in the midst of a whole bunch of people wearing uniform. Didn't know what the uniforms were, but I took that as a confirmation that God agrees that I'm one of his soldiers. And I was like, I was definitely excited about that. But then that's where it stopped, you know, because it was like, okay, well, I'm so glad it's a confirmation. Thank you for accepting me and part of your army, you know, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I met this angel, oh my goodness, Miss Charlotte, Miss Charlotte Battle. And let me tell you, she was our chaplain at SAFES. And this lady, you could see Christ in her. You hear me? Like, you could you could see she walked in the spirit she was all in for god she was all in for god she really was but she was from the south so don't mess with her either (laughs) (laughs) we clicked and i started volunteering so i was not only just staying at the shelter now i was volunteering i felt like a sense of purpose and she invited me to church and that's all it took and i loved it and it was great and i'm gonna tell you crystal i was going to the church for months so now we end December. This is Christmas and we're having this united meeting prayer that I find out they have every year just in different places. And that year it was at Moore Street and I happened to be there for it. That night the music started and everybody stood up and I stood up. That was my vision. I looked around. It was everybody was in Salvation wow. Army uniform. And I had never even heard of the Salvation Army, never saw a uniform. I mean, never. Wow. And I just looked around and we were praising and I love to pray. And I just looked around and I couldn't believe it. I looked around and this is where I was in my vision. These were the people. And I was like, wow. And it was such a peace. It was such a peaceful moment because not only was I excited about being there, but it was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know how many times in life where you know where you are. This is where you're supposed to be according to God's plan. You know, it was just, man, it was fantastic. And I've been here ever since. (laughs) And so that was 2016. We came about the same time Mm -hmm. that was december 2016 and ever since then you have been a soldier i got involved in the next soldier class they had i was like yes this is where i'm supposed to be real quick about miss charlotte battle was she an officer in the army no no she was a chaplain Okay. Yeah, she was a chaplain, but you know what? All she was missing was the stripes. She was an officer in any kind other way, you know? Wow. I mean, she took me in. Now I now live in her house. She basically took me in and I started helping her with the around the house and eventually I rented a room from her. And then a couple of years after that, she decided she was going back home to Georgia to be with the grandkids and I took over the lease and now it's my house. <laughs> wow. Look at God. Look at God, Isn't right? That that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I want to find out from both of you how you feel your impact in the city of Portland has been as not just officers, but African-American officers and soldiers in the Salvation Army. 
And do you feel like there's an even greater need for more women and men of color in the Salvation Army? Definitely, especially here in the West. Even to this day, it's been four years, but I still see the look in people's faces when I introduce myself as the core officer at Moore Street. I need to say this. When I first came in 2019, during the week, you know, there were so many colored people in the gym. You know, all the kids that came for the basketball and every other program, they were all brown people, not just African-Americans, but maybe Mexicans, but mostly African-Americans. And then Sunday morning, I go to church and I'm like, where's all the black people? And then I look around. It was like this white church in the middle of a black neighborhood. And so for me, that became like a motivating factor. Like I say, to this day, I see the way people look at me thinking, a black officer and a woman, and you're here by yourself? They just can't wrap their head around it. What? But they relate Absolutely. to me. Yes. And so it's been like an open door. And I believe if we have many more people of color as officers in this Western territory, it would open a lot more doors. Because for now, it's like us against them. You yeah. know, we're here with the Salvation Army and we're helping all these people out there. And I believe God wants it to be all of us bringing yes. them in. But they're not free. They don't feel free, that free to come in because they don't see that many people of their kind in positions of leadership. And so me being here, I believe it's an inspiration. Oh, absolutely. You know, do you feel like uh, there have been African-Americans that have come to the Sunday services since you have been here? Yes. And how are you drawing them to you? It's just word of mouth. Word of mouth, you know, and just let them know that, hey, you have a place. Yes. You cannot just it's not just about coming to get served. It's not about coming for a food box. You have a place. Yes. You know, there was this um, this lady, this African-American lady that came to sign up her kids for camp. We got talking. She said, well, I haven't been to church since I got married because uh, my husband is Catholic. I came from a Methodist church. We couldn't agree where to go. I said, well, Salvation Army is a neutral ground. You can come. And they've been coming. Her and her husband and her three little kids. You know, I, I walk into the food pantry and I chat with the people of color that are there because it's mostly them that are there. Yeah. And I introduce myself and I'm like, yeah, I'm, the, I'm also the pastor here. And they're like, you're the pastor? You mean you preach? I'm like, um, yes. Okay, we're going to come and listen to you. And I so- have a feeling <laughs> that your church is not a dead church either. Oh, oh no. no, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. You know, they say that Sunday is still the most segregated day of the year in the United States. And I believe that because it's not that we believe differently. Mm -mm. It's how we worship. Yeah. You have to be comfortable with how you worship. The Bible says to worship in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out, Mm -hmm. you know. And for me, I came, I grew up in a church that was very quiet. And if somebody clapped, you'd look at them like they were crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then God blessed me when I was in college to go to a missionary Baptist church where they stood up and they rocked and they clapped. 
And I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And then there were other people that ran around the church or maybe somebody was speaking in tongues or maybe somebody had fallen out under the anointing of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. I never was afraid of that. I just was like, okay, Lord, that I'm not ready for that yet. Okay. <laughs> but then I transferred to Michigan. That's where I met the Winans, BB and Cece, the Clark sisters, mm-hmm. you name it. Mm-hmm. Donnie McClurkin, Fred Hammond, Commission. I don't know if y'all know who oh, I'm talking about, Ooh, but it's all right. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I ended up getting to sing with all of these people. Oh, wow. And that's where my gift of song came from. Ooh, wow. But boy, did God take me from a quiet church to a church that was like going to an Earth, Wind and Fire concert. <laughs> I know. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness. You can get saved in a quiet mm-hmm. church too. I got oh, yes. saved in a quiet oh, church. Yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying, allow the Holy Spirit to come in because, honey, once you allow it to come in, you ain't going to go back to that dead body you anymore. Can. And you Period. know something? Mm-hmm. The folks over at Moore Street, mm. their skin may be white, mm. but man. They've got rhythm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got rhythm. Yes, okay. And you know, they are open to the Holy Spirit. You know and what? the move of the Holy Spirit. I think I'm going to have to come visit. For the first time, we had a 21-day prayer and fasting in January. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed at how people embraced that. And I am so, I am so humbled by the testimonies of mm. the transformation, of the renewal, you know, that they keep talking about. Just being able to take part in that. And so, yes, God is on the move at Moss Street. Amen. Okay. You know, and I think the other thing is people think when you say Salvation Army that it's going to be this quiet, a very reserved. I mean, I think that's the perception. So aren't y'all glad I invited you here so that we can set the record straight? I know. Okay. So let's know what time is service on Sunday. Service on Sunday is at 11. We have Sunday school from 10 to 1045 for all ages. So bring your kids, bring your youth, adults, everybody. And Sunday school is amazing. I love it. And then our services are just like for an hour. Yes. What? Most an hour, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And they are super packed with anointing. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. You need more than one service, don't you? (laughs) I know very soon we're going to need more than one. (laughs) I love that. And you're online. Yes, Yes. we do it live. Okay, what's the website to go to see it online? So we have a YouTube page. If you go on YouTube and you search for... Salvation Army Moore Street and subscribe to our channel. Mm -hmm. You will get a notification whenever we go online. And also you will get the opportunity to see all of our services going back two years. You know, this is a side of the Salvation Army we don't talk about a lot. We talk about the services services. that you render. Mm -hmm. But we don't talk about what you said where the Salvation Army actually caters to the whole the man. The whole man, yes. But if we don't talk about the whole man, this has been so awesome. So awesome. And I believe that what you all both have shared with us today is going to bless somebody. I pray so. Let's get the address for Moore Street right now. It's 5325 North Williams Avenue, Portland, Oregon, 97217. And we're open every day of the week from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8.30 at night, and you can walk in, whether it's to use the weight room, whether it's to just shoot some hoops, whatever it is that's your need, come. If we can't meet that need, we definitely can point you in the right direction. Fantastic. Every Saturday from 9 to 11, we have a 60s plus group 
that meets and it's open to everybody as long as you're 60 and over you're welcome <laughs> to come and shoot hoops or maybe just walk around the gym whatever but just get out and do some exercise. It's I good for your it. soul. There are so many programs that we're not even talking oh, about mm-hmm. that, that you all offer. Just go to tsamore.salvationarmy.org. The other thing that I want to ask is, what were your goals when you came to Portland as a Salvation Army officer? What do you feel is working well right now? And what is your goal for the remainder of the time that you're here? So I came to Moore Street fresh out of the training college. This is my first appointment as a Salvation Army officer. And so I came in as an assistant corps officer. I'm not sure if I can say I had goals, but I was just ready to do whatever it is that God would have me do, not just to bring people to him, but to make a difference in their lives as well. And then I got here and after a year or two, things changed. I'm by myself as the only core officer. And so that changed the dynamics a whole lot. For me, when I first saw that community and I saw the needs and the hunger, especially among the young people, for just a safe place where they are valued, where they can be themselves, that is my mission, to create that space for them. Because they don't have that. Yes, they may have places they can go after school and do their homework and things like that, but that's not the entirety of life. Here at the Salvation Army, it's not just about the physical or just about the spiritual. It's both. And so I want to see our youths not just get an education, not just do athletics, but also learn good morals and good values and become better people. The African-American, especially for the young men, they don't really have much going for them. They get stereotyped a lot. It's like you're a young brown man, you're doomed to end up in jail. It's only a matter of time. I want to change that narrative. Absolutely. And say, no, there is a lot more in you already Mm -hmm. that God can use, Mm -hmm. not just to make you a better person, but to change your community. That's my goal. Amen. As a young brown person myself, I want to um, not only to live that out as myself as well, you know, um, but to just, you know, show people the fact that, yeah, God could use you. If he could use me, he could use you, you know, he could use all of us. So we just need to get right and we can. I love positive quotes. One of my favorites is people won't remember what you said. People won't remember what you did. But people will always remember how you made them feel. Yes. Dr. Maya Angelou must give her credit for that. Mm -hmm. Is Mm -hmm. there a quote or something that you all post somewhere or something that's personal to you that inspires you? At the desk, when you come in behind me, there is a board and it's got my life verse in there. And that's on Proverbs 8, verse 28, that it all works out for the good of those who love them, you know? So ultimately, I believe that it always all work out for the good of those who love them, who have been called according to his purpose. Wonderful. One last thing. A lot of folks feel that we don't cater to everyone. But the Salvation Army turns no one away. No. Doesn't matter your skin color. Doesn't Mm -mm. matter your gender. Without discrimination. That's how we serve. Without discrimination. And over at Moore Street, 
we see that play out every single day. It's a really diverse place. Amen. Well, thank you both so much for being here today. I hope I didn't leave anything out. I wanted to add, though, when you were saying about the fact that you can't go back to quiet, my philosophy for praising is that I was a clubber. I went to the club, and let me tell you, I was a dancer. I would dance at the club and get down, okay? And I felt like, you know, why would I give God any less? So Amen. when I come to when I come to church, I come to praise. I yeah, come to dance. It. I come to get down. I come to just give him all his. I love that he made us that way. He loves it all. He, that's oh. why he's made us so diverse. I love it. I just want to say thank you both so much for being here as part of Life Inspired. I know that you will continue to inspire those in the Portland metro area thank you so much for having us thank you thank you (laughs) until next time be good to yourself and to others Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.